I really want it to be 80s newscaster music. This show is not allied with any sect, denomination, political entity, organization, or institution, does not engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any cause, neither do we. We're not affiliated with Al-Anon or any other 12-step program. The opinions expressed here are strictly of the person who gave them. Please take what you like and leave the rest. Hi, I'm Corey. Hi, Corey. Hi, I'm Claire. Hi, Claire. It's Crosstalk! Coming cool. to you on a very special Sunday. Um, <laughs> for some people, uh, yes. there's a, there's some eggs and some rabbits or whatever. Okay. But there's lots of religions that believe that this day is very special. That's true. That's so true. So that's very interesting to me. And, you know, Sunday is always special to me because that's the day I go to my meeting, a big ACA meeting. I hear that. Do you, Well, um, since you're already talking, do you want to get current first well listen claire Look, I know since you're already yakking away listen <laughs> we give the people what they come here for and it's me getting current um <laughs> what am i gonna say well you know we've been talking you and i a lot about this new phase of recovery and um yeah and um you know the, what it the looks no like. problems phase the no problems <laughs> well, not the no problems phase the less problems phase and um you know i've been really inspired by that actually because I've been struggling with the fact that my program looks very different right now and I don't feel the need to go to as many meetings and I don't feel like I'm working through a bunch of crises and I kind of know what to do with myself when it comes to program like I'm quite happy but I feel like program needs to be work or I had this impression on some level that I've been working through overcoming that program doesn't need to be this we're not slogging six hours a day doesn't mean we're still doing program and for a long time it was a slog just to just to sleep, just to be okay, just to eat, just to do all the things. And that's just not the case. So what does it look like to celebrate that? And there was this list today in, I go to this very, I go to this big ACA focused meeting. And I mean, it's a big meeting and it's ACA focused, not that it's big on focusing. And it's not ACA, the program, but it's an adult child focused meeting for Al-Anon. And there's a list in from survival to recovery of, of you know, and I wanted to find it, but here's my recovery. I don't even have from survival to recovery with me because I don't need it. Because you're day. bad, Alanon. No, I'm bad, Alanon. But I just don't have it with me. And so, but anyway, the, the the graph which I wanted to find, and if anyone has it, they'll find it. But is like here's a list of 18 things or something that if you're if you if you're experiencing these intimately at this moment, you might want to work some program. But it says at the beginning if these are not if these are occasional or not very persistent. You're fine. It literally says like you're fine in this graph in this way. And I just thought that was like a message to me today from my higher power that it's okay to be okay in this program. And I know that's the point, but I don't know where along the lines I still sort of felt like what do you do when you're okay? Do you do you still need the program? How do you use the program? What do you need to do from it? And it's something I'm working on right now, particularly as we're you know, things are really good. And, and also I want to go back to meetings, you know, I want to find in-person meetings because they're different than Zoom meetings for me. And so what does it look like until they're ready to start? Because they're not starting up here in Portland. I'll tell you that. Not yet. Um, and so what does it look like? And right now it looks like one meeting a week, newcomer liaison service position, doing this pod, doing my daily reading, praying every morning, and the rest of the time, just being happy and living life and focusing on everything else that the program helps me do and then noticing the subtle ways that I'm using my program all the time. It's like an operating system on my computer and it's always running and it's always doing shortcuts and it's always running code. And I'm just so grateful for that today. And now, and to, and well, I want to hear what you're getting current about, but today we're going to talk about kind of what happens after what happens next, right? Like mm -hmm. step 12. So, um, I'm really excited about today's episode. How about you? What's going on with you, Claire? Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've gone in and out of this. It's interesting. I, I just speaking to um, what's going on with me, Get Current, is like, life's fucking great, dude. I mean, it's fantastic. Like, <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm someone who um, I think 
I've gotten a lot of feedback, some unsolicited, some, you know, solicited um, the, in my years in recovery around like, like, like statements like, oh my God, you're so happy all the time. Oh my God. Like the, blah, 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 which we've talked about before, um, you know, and so it's like, you know, I've had people like straight up like doubt that my happiness is real, which I find really interesting. Um, like, well, you can't it is really people be, believe me. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, maybe your own inventory. I don't know. But um, it's, it's just like, I guess, you know, I go through the, the ebb and flow as we all do, but I experience the ebb and flow and program of like, when is it maintenance and when is it, uh, when do I need to like, you know, pull out all the, put all, put all, pull out all the bells and whistles of the program and really use it. And I think, um, you know, my sponsor says, has said to me from the beginning, like, uh, we go to program to have a bigger life, not to have more program, you know? And so it's like, yeah, like I'm here to, uh, learn and grow so that my life can be bigger and not so I can go to more meetings. That's just the facts, uh, you know, and I also know that like there is a certain like minimum requirement for my engine to run properly, <laughs> properly, you know, and um, life's great. I got up and I went to the zoo today with my um, my partner and uh, another person in my life that we do stuff, the three of us all the time. Um, the three of us go out and do things together, kind of like a thruple, sort of. We're very, we're very connected, um, and it feels really familial and lovely, and and it's just like a chosen family thing. It's really wonderful. So we went to the zoo for a couple hours, and then oh, I had pizza for breakfast because that's what I wanted, and then I came back and made some coffee, and you know, like there was traffic on the way home, and I was like, oh, I'll just go this other way. You know, even though it was like seemingly completely out of my way to go that way, but it took like five minutes instead of like however long I was going to sit on the like the backed up off ramp. Yeah, the, you know, like I think I said this in the last one, but I I did get you know my top surgery in December, and like I've just like life is great. Like my chest is wonderful. I'm wonderful. Works great. Um, and. And I think that it can be that we can have the happy, joyous and free. We really can. And then it's and then it is, as you know, we talked about. So then like what happens next? Like, what do we do next? And I think that the greater level uh, for me of my spiritual practice, you know, this is a spiritual program um, is is step 12 is a part of that is a big part of that, you know, um, when we've had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, you know, we we try to, um, you know, carry this message to others and practice these principles and all of our affairs. And then I just get to be happy, like, and then stuff comes up and you, you work through it, like whatever, but it's not the same. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't like derail me anymore. Um, even all of the things that happened, you know, towards last year and moving at the beginning of the year and all of those things in my life, don't, don't derail me anymore. I just, I still enjoy coffee, you know, I'm not like, stressed. So, um, this is why you go second because, Oh, you, right. Yeah. Right. Usually, but you did such a killer transition. Last <laughs> I know week. I did. I did. You, I mean, so, you know. so yeah. So, you know, moving into <laughs> so step well, 12. Step maybe, <laughs> maybe part of your step 12 is more, more transitions in this pod, but, um, uh... we're, well, and I on mean, this special very... day, on this special day, yeah. that is really special for a lot of people, and I really respect that. It's not my practice religion, but Easter is a really important day for a lot of people. Um, I don't know. It felt right for it to be the – to me, I was like, step 12 feels really good. Like, mm -hmm. it feels really good that we're going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about expanding our spiritual practice. We're going to talk about what do you do when you feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so. So we have a guest. And we, we do. Our guest's name is Dino, and been a big admirer of his recovery for a long time, and I'm so excited that he's on the show today. Dino, welcome to Crosstalk. Well, thank you to you both. I think this is an exciting moment of my recovery that I've come to now a podcast to do my 12 step, and I think it's awesome. And I think you guys sound awesome today. 
and uh, I admire Thanks, Dino. Thank you, Dino. How would you like your time for your lead today? You know the usual eight and two. Got it. Get to the point. Um, I'm really grateful, member of Al-Anon. And uh, it's so funny, you know. You know, I've done the steps several times and stuff, but, you know, the only thing I'm guaranteed with it, which I love, as I come to accept is, is a difference in perspective. I wasn't guaranteed a car, a boyfriend, a house, the lottery, which, you know, that was a little pissed me off in the beginning because when I started recovery, I had a spiritual connection to a higher power, but I manipulated it. Um, when I got into the program was uh, over a breakup in a relationship. And I was so desperate that I went back to my old school way of how to deal with spirituality. And the thing was, now looking at I can laugh at it, is that uh, I prayed and, and manipulated higher power saying that I would give so much charity time to these charities if they would just bring them back, you know. And then I got no answer with that. And then I got to the, like the bottom ground was like, give money, you know, like you do to charities, give money. Maybe that's going to change it. I can manipulate higher power that way. And uh, I gave some good chunk of money. And the answer was no, you know, and that really floored me, you know, because I was like desperate. <clears throat> so now with having a relationship with a higher power, it's for me, it's like, what is, it's just like, what's going on right now. And that's, what higher power did me. It's not this fable story. So a lot of my spiritual awakenings were contrary actions that I had to do through the steps. And I remember one time uh, my I called up my sponsor because my sister, I was living with her at the time, and um, it was just in the very beginning. And she um, went to Colorado to see her daughter, and I was like, I'm going to clean that addict and get rid of shit that I don't need. But, you know, the thing was, is that uh, I was cleaning the attic and I had this gaudy chandelier that my mom had passed away and my parents lived in Vegas and they did the whole Liberace kind of furniture in their house. And I just didn't want it anymore. I wanted to get rid of it. So I gave it to charity. So my sister came back and I said, guess what? I got rid of the chandelier. And she looked at me with this disdain of like, you promised you were going to give that to me. And my first instinct before program, it was in that first thought, you know, and go second thought. My thought is you're trying to fuck with my head because like that's not where would that come from? But God, thank you to having a sponsor. My thought was uh, I got to contact my sponsor because my head is going in a direction I usually do. And I called him up and he said, OK, so you want to do something differently? And I said, yeah. And are you willing to do that? And I was like, yeah, I'm starting this program. It's not my way anymore. It's not working. And he said, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to the thrift shop and you're going to look to try to find that chandelier. And I was like, what? And he said, and if you don't get the chandelier, you have to come back with flowers and you also have to apologize. And I was like, oh, hell no. But again, I had an early relationship with a higher power and it said like, how's that going for you now? your old way. Do you want to do it the same way? And I was like, no. And thank God for early program. Cause I was so desperate of wanting to do things differently. Cause I was just not happy. And I heard just do whatever you're told to do. And I was like, okay. And I did that, all that stuff. And the prize was I didn't get the chandelier back. And I went to her, gave her the flowers and I did the apology. And the gift was her reaction on her face because she was waiting for me probably to do my normal routine is like, fuck you. I'm not doing this. Screw you. And she just was like mouth wide open and awe, like what? You, you apologize? Like, this is crazy. And I was like, wow, what a gift. You know, that is a spiritual awakening in that the result is different. I had another time with her, we went over an argument over a stupid thing of like, you know, I heard there's a prequel for Les Mis. And I said, oh God, that sounds horrible. Why would they do something like that? And my sister goes, oh my God, why would you say such a thing? And I remembered, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And I said, well, you may, you may be right. Maybe you're right. And she's like, no. Then she paused and she said, no, maybe you're right. 
And there was just like, we didn't know where to go with our drug of choice, which is reacting to one another. And that's our chemistry in my family. It's like, you react, I react. And then it gets bigger and then it gets crazier. And I program and working with a sponsor, that's a spiritual waking that I got a change of attitude of like, really, do I still want to do these things, you know? And then um, I remember the biggest spiritual waking, this is crazy, but I was doing my, I don't know if you guys have done it, but I did my four step, but I did also a sexual inventory. And uh, I sat down, you know, with my sponsor the week before and my qualifier at the time, who I was still really invested, even though I was told like a couple months ago, you have to detach from them and not talk to them and, you know, keep it low key and all that stuff. And the day before, <laughs> it's so funny. I got this email from him, which I never usually heard from or a text that said, how are you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're surviving. And I thought, am I reading one of my old obsessive emails that he was obsessing about and reading over and over again? It was like, oh no, this is today. And then 15 minutes later, he texts me that same thing. And I was like, oh God. I was like, my disease was like, oh my God, the old disease. Oh my God, they're coming back. And I'm going to, you know, everything, all my fantasy world dreams, blah, blah, blah. The colorful big balloon is coming back. And thank God I called my sponsor. And my sponsor said to me, do you want to be a soldier or do you still want to go back to thing? You need to have courage and you need to either tell them enough's enough or, or, you know, you're, you're just going to have to set some limits. So, you know, I heard in program, give yourself 24 hours before you make a decision. And I texted him back and said, mimic to the same thing said, uh, you know, uh, doing well, hope you're well, blah, blah. And he gave me my answer. He never texts me back. Oh, thanks. Only is that my end of my eight minutes, right? Okay. Yes. Thank you. And, um, and so it just reminded me so much of like, uh, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Uh, how invested again, that disease of like, you know, you keep on the story with your relationships and the old story is that it's a drug. I have a drug of choice, just like an alcoholic. My drug of choice can be perfectionism. It could be self-criticism. At that time, it was how do I attach to that person? And then how do they attach to me? And how do I detach from that? It just, cause that whole disaster still keeps on going. And, you know, the, the reading that I have in, in Courage Change is very brief and I'll get to the point of that is there's this saying about like things take time, you know, thank God I've been in program and I didn't say like, listen, it's a four week class and you got to get an A, you got to get 90% multiple choice answers because as usual, I would have fucked up and I would have lost it. And that's the thing, you know, program teaches us that you got the A when you walked in the door. The rest is take your time, learn, take your steps one at a time. Don't rush into the other step. And I'm like lately for me, you know, spiritual awakening is I can't believe I'm dating now. I mean, if you asked me 14 years ago, I was like, hell no, I don't trust it. I'm not going to put myself in that. But it's just like the eighth step. You know, they say, just make a list of the people. All I need to do is date one day at a time. I'm not planning to get married. I'm not planning to like buy a house with this person. I need to be present in my life. That's the most important thing now that my recovery of a spiritual waking is be present Enjoy the moments because when I was dating before either the alcoholic or not, I was never present. I was always thinking the future. What, what are those Christmas cards going to look like with the Kmart background with our same colored sweaters, you know, and, and what are we going to do in the holidays? And I never enjoyed the dating process. So now I'm dating this person and it's just like one date at a time. I mean, what I'm learning so much about the dating process is that seventh tradition I am, you know, I have my own problem reserve because I take care of myself. It's an added benefit if I do have somebody in my life, but I have abundance of friends. I have abundance of, of hobbies I love to do. And I don't rely on that one person anymore. That's a spiritual awakening. 
that's maturity because before it would be the all end, you know, kind of stuff. So I hope all this stuff made sense to you guys for 12 step. Of course it did. Thank you, Dina. Thank you. That was great. Um, yeah, I heard so much about, because I mean, you know, the first part of step 12 is, well, step 12 is reading it directly. <laughs> Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I think it's like, first of all, what's a spiritual, the the two questions that come to mind are like, what's a spiritual awakening? How do I know if I've had one, you know? And then how do I carry this message and practice these principles? And I heard, you know, all of that in, in your share, I heard all the different ways that you, experience a spiritual awakening the first thing you said was that you just have a different perspective you know when you have a different perspective it allows space for that's that awakening to do it differently to have a new experience mm-hmm. you know and then so i think i think it was beautiful setup for me anyway to to talk about step 12 because if i if i'm not there if I haven't experienced that, or I'm, and I think sometimes we think it, it, it doesn't have to be huge is what my, you know, sponsor always reminds me, like spiritual awakening doesn't have to be like this, the seas parted, like this. <laughs> it can be just, just like you said, you know, you, you brought flowers, you had a new experience and then you were like, oh, this can be different. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you're going to read this maybe, but my favorite part about this step at least the description of it from paths is however most of us found our spiritual awakening to be much slower more subtle experience more like a flower opening petal by petal yeah than like a flash of lightning so it yeah. sounds like that was your experience do you know yeah right i mean you know that's the thing it's again you know my old higher power would be like this biblical version of like, I'm waiting if I walk up the hill and the lightning bolt hit. And then, you know, (laughs) nothing happens. I've ever experienced my spiritual awakenings that way. I mean, I had one funny time where I, (laughs) my first anniversary and there's a guy in program named Andy who at the time, you know, was sort of my person go get to call. And he reminded me that it was my birthday. And I should be getting my cake. And I turn around and I'm outside. I'm not kidding you. I'm on the phone and there's this balloon. Those like, I don't know what they call, like they're cellophane looking balloons that says happy birthday. And it's trailing from the wind to come to me in this little patio area at at work. And I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, <laughs> if this is not a reminder for my higher power, I don't know what is. I mean, I had little things like that. I had times where I'd be, um, when I did my uh, Path to Recovery book questions, you know, I do a question a day in front of this beautiful pond at work at the time, and they had duck and geese and all that. It made a really great setting. And I'm sitting there and writing, and I love about Path to Recovery. That's the biggest I, I love about it. It's not the answer. I learned so much about recovery. It's the question. Mm-hmm. Because the question in those books never said, how's the alcoholic doing today? Or what did they do? They're saying, like, what are you doing for yourself? And it was like such an aha moment being focused on me of like, oh, my behavior. You're talking about me. And I was sitting there, <laughs> not kidding you. This is the funniest thing. There was a, I looked around and I thought, okay, what? who's staring at me? And he looked at me and there was this praying mantis sitting on this picnic table with its little tiny eyeballs. I had never experienced praying. And it looked at me and I thought, I'm hallucinating. This is like Alice in a Wonderland. And I was just answering my questions. And I, what it made me feel is connected to everything. You know, program makes you connected to everything. You are not alone. You know, everything gets affected in your environment, your health, you know, your relationships, whoever it is, you know, that you're connected to. And and those were like those little tiny moments. Like they weren't like these big, huge miracles. They were just like these little anecdotes of things showing up during the day that reminded me, oh, hey, you're not alone, buddy. You know, you know, and next indicated action. Try the next question. Get the courage. It's not that bad. My perfectionism was like the four step was horrible. 
it was just like my sponsor would just say just give me an answer to anything like what did you do and i was like uh what higher power wants uh what you want uh you know and he's like i don't care just write something down it was just contributing i, I was so worried that i was going to do it wrong and it was only until i went to an open a meeting that i saw this man wonderful speaker he had like 50 years of recovery and he said when he did his fourth step his wife had to write it for him because he didn't know how to write and i thought to myself what is my problem grammar okay (laughs) but i can still write you know that's the thing that spiritual awakening occurs because the disease is always trying to suggest in what i understand of trying to redirect you to don't participate you're going to do it wrong. You know, uh, if you do it, something major is going to fall apart. And it never does. Just like, you know, being on here, I was panicking. Oh, my God, I can't get on this app. How's this going to work? How do I get the phone working? Jesus Christ, buy a new phone. And it was just like perfect timing when it had to be. Everything came into place. You know? Yeah. I think that's I hear that a lot. And I've certainly struggled with that. I mean, getting hung up on the question right and and not perfectionism but just sometimes the question you know these questions it's a simple program for complicated people and yeah you know i always get reminded that these questions are often designed for people who've never you can have zero previous experience with introspection and walk into this room and have the same level of spiritual awakening as someone who's been in therapy and you know worshiping yes. buddha or whatever for 30 years and that's the beauty of the program but then there are times when the question's like, answer is no, or yes, or something very simple. <clears throat> and it doesn't feel good <laughs> because it's supposed to be work, right? It's supposed to be this whole thing. Um, <laughs> and I think that that's, I think a lot of people get stuck there. So I love that you shared that. Um, I'd love to talk about, you said just in passing casually, and I of course know this about you, <laughs> that you've done the steps many times. I wonder how many times as many and what it compels you to do the steps repeatedly at this point in your recovery? I Again, because you get a different perspective. I mean, this is I give analogy to sponsees that first start program. You sit at a dinner table, right? And you sit at the head of the table and there's people around you. Well, sooner or later, you're going to be moving around at that dinner table and you're going to see it from a different angle. It's just like, you know, you go to the movies. I've, I love old movies. I love it. Every time I see an old movie, because I'm getting older, I see it from a different perspective because I'm bringing more maturity to it. So I see it from a different level. So doing the steps again, again, it repeats a lot of sometimes the same things. Like I did the same thing where it's like, here goes the perfectionism. Like, what do you want from me? What What is it? You know, I have to play that little dance. But what it ends up seeing is deeper layer of what's behind all this stuff. Why do I do this dance? What's the intention to this dance? I mean, when I did the first step, and this is what I want to reiterate. You know, when you do the fourth step, everybody says, well, you do that inventory. I was so overwhelmed because there was some people and you didn't have to do it. But I saw this guy make a huge graft of his of his four step on this huge thing. And I thought, dear God, do I have to make pages of a four step? You know? And when I did it, it was a mixture of things. It was the writing. It was going to the meetings and hearing people talk about it. It was reading about it. And finally one day came to me. It was like this idea. Um, I think higher power said, if you take away Al-Anon and you take away the alcoholism, guess what? You have a lot in common with the alcoholic. And that was the hardest thing to accept my dad, because again, I go back when I first did this understanding of how to take care because I didn't trust people. Everybody either wore a black hat or a white hat. Definitely. I had the brightest white. (laughs) I was the angel and I was the victim of everything. And then when I took that away, I could allow the dignity of my dad being a human being. And he wasn't this horrible alcoholic out to get, you know, even though there were things that my dad did, I really looked at it because I remember going to a meeting and this lady said, she sat down with her mom. Her mom was from a foreign country and she did. And she said, I, I just sat there and I put a bottle of booze actually drank. And they said, I just want to know the story of your life. I don't, you know, I want to just know you as a woman. 
and she told the story of her life and she was her mom was really honest and in that moment she had empathy for her mom because she saw her as a woman not her mother she was a girl who learned things on her own from a bad experience from her family and i thought man i i need to look at that you know instead of thinking this immature view of which is okay at the time when you're young but hopefully when you start program at 43 and now you're like almost 60 <laughs> you're god hopefully you've got some life experience that you know there's human beings out in the world so stuff like that are kind of spiritual awakenings too yeah i mean the thing about this step that just occurred to me today not just just but i guess i was thinking about today <laughs> It's the first step in it's all okay of It's okay if it steps. just occurred to you. Uh, well, I mean, I might have thought about it before, but it's okay <laughs> if I just came to this. I had a spiritual awakening reading this today, reading mm. for Dino. Let's Are you going to just keep reading my reading? No, That's no, I'm not going to read the reading. <laughs> but I want to say, listen, it's the first step in all the steps that stops being entirely about you. And there's at least a moment of discussion of others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the only one that I, I mean, it's the only, it says others. And so it's like the spiritual awakening, we carry this message to others. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Cause I think, you know, we, we've covered some spiritual awakening, but what does it mean to carry a message to others for you, Dino and Claire? I'd love to hear, you know, both of your positions on this. You want to go Claire first? Oh gosh, sure. Um, isn't that fun? This is what I love about me today. I just was like, Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so laborious a long time ago you know <laughs> oh no Dino you go first how could I like ugh. um how do I carry this message to others you know it says we tried right and is it I remind I remind myself and am reminded that it's a program of um attraction not promotion you know and I also like let it begin with me is a, uh, is a slogan that I really keep at the forefront mm -hmm. of my program. And so just when I take those two things, then it's like the number one thing I can do, which is interesting because that's the next part of it, right? Is practice these principles mm -hmm. and lead by example. Mm -hmm. And in many ways that carries the message to others. You know, that's a big way that I try to carry the message to others is just simply by like practicing what I preach essentially. And, um, and, and taking the action, right? Like really doing it. Uh, it's like we have awareness and then acceptance and I, and I do my best to, I try to, work through those two things before I take action. And then when I take action, I feel like I'm taking more conscious action that is easy does it, that is my higher powers path, you know, and when I'm doing that, it, it, it is a family disease. So not only do we, um, you know, over time can become more ill, we over time can become more recovered. Mm -hmm. It's a family, it can be a family uh, disease of, of, of also of, it could be a family of recovery as well, um, you know. And so, when I do things differently in my family, it spreads, it spreads the recovery and it spreads the message program just by me showing up and acting differently, just like you did with your sister. What a great story, right? Because you showed up and you acted differently. You were practicing step twelve, you know. You, in my opinion, anyway, which is totally just my opinion. You know, take what you like and leave the rest. But to me, that's practicing step twelve. You showed up, yeah. you're using the principles, and you were interacting with someone else whom you would normally act in a diseased way, and you did it differently. And that, you know, so like that's a big way for me. And then, of course, you know, I, I, I do not, of course, like you have to, but for me sponsees are a part of my program um and i get to carry the message to others that way uh, and sometimes i have i have had i actually have like three friends that are in program because they've talked because i was just so i don't i'm not anonymous about my program i understand that there are a lot of reasons why it's important for a lot of people to be anonymous about being in a program or not talking about it to certain people mm -hmm. at all um and for me i'm fortunate enough that i don't have uh, any danger to myself to be open about it and um so when i talk to people in my life that i have deep 
uh, you know, important conversations with. And then I say, oh, well, and then I did this and this. And then if they ask me and say, oh, where did that come from? I'm like, oh, that comes from my 12-step program, Valinon, you know? And like, if I'm having that conversation with someone, like they probably know I'm in program because they know, because we have deep conversations. Mm. Um, and to me, that's also, you know, trying to sp- spread this uh, this message and carry it, carry it to others. And in no way do I say, and you should also go to program. If you think that this is, listen, if you heard what I said and that's what you need, you should get your butt to program. Like I'm not doing that, you know? Um, cause that's not my business, but I'm really open about, the, about I mean, I may have a fucking podcast, uh, you know, but it's like, so anyway, so that's, those are a lot of the ways that I think, um, I carry the message. What about you, Dino? I think, you know, the thought for me, which the word show up, I show up, you know, uh, sometimes I still show up to meetings just to show up for a newcomer, just to be heard, you know, be in the seats. Mm. It doesn't mean that I always have to talk all the time. Um, I just need to be there to hear when this newcomer or someone new to program needs to be vulnerable. Uh, when I have sponsees, you know, the one thing I learned, again, being of service uh, and, and leading the message, sometimes we can be the introduction as a sponsor, but we turn out not to be the sponsor in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a big problem mm-hmm. with that, with people going in and out of my life, like a revolving door. And when I learned, um, you know, now I know ahead of time, the biggest tool I learned that was for me is like when someone wants a sponsor listen to someone's recovery in the meetings i'm not one to say like raise your hand if you're available sponsor that doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. because you need to get to know the person you're getting involved with and um thank god when i picked my sponsor is what i wanted um but when i had a sponsee and it wasn't working i you know and he said i want to, I'm going to go some, I didn't take it personally. I said, well, good. I hope that I was an introduction and, uh, you know, you're on to your, uh, the one that's the right one for you. I think that's what we need to be is present for people that it doesn't mean that, you know, again, taking it personally, I think so much of it before I took it personally about how this is going to affect me. My issue is how do I, can I be of service to others? And you know, I've changed also to send the messages, my family, like I was never the one to initiate, like, um, let me be there all the time when any issue came up, because it was like, you're the family of disease. And the only tool that I knew was keep away from you people. You're crazy. And now, <laughs> you know, my brother's divorced and um, my sisters now, uh, my siblings are aging. And mm-hmm. um I'm valuing, especially through this whole COVID thing of like how I value my siblings, you know, and not go into this old story in the past. I accept them for who they are. That's the other thing. You get a shift of perspective. Who changes? You. They don't. They're the same people as they always have. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is now I see the value in them. You know, I have a sister who has got diagnosed for Alzheimer's. What am I going to argue with the person who's constantly repeating herself? No, I'm going to say, oh, it's like a newcomer who's sharing for the first time and just listen to them. That's what I do with my sister who has Alzheimer's. Why am I going to argue with her? That's her reality. She doesn't remember. So, and to remind her, you said this to me five million times. How's that going to be a service? So to me, it's just being present and be loving. And again, I want to give you one thing that my sponsor works with me is you're not perfect. You don't do a perfect program. The thing is, you know, that's why we do these steps over and over again, because the old timers remind me, hello, I've been in this program 40 years and I still act like a newcomer. I still act like a newcomer when I go to my my office. You know, I still get, I know these are my own triggers, but before I would be like, oh my God, I'm a horrible sponsor. You know, Al-Anon, I've worked <laughs> this program for so long. It should be like polished. I polished my furniture. It should look so immaculate. And that is unrealistic because I'm fallible. Mm. That's why I'm a human being. I'm not a toy. I'm not an object. I have feelings and I reactions. And that gives me the sense of grace to want to continue to do the steps is when I go to that place. There's a lady in program. Her name is Joy. I love her to death. And she always says, when I have, you have issues with people, 
and she'll say, what's the name of the person? And they'll say, it's Jack. She goes, well, that's what Jack does. Mm -hmm. That's what her sponsor taught her because we always want people, or I did my disease, to act differently than they are. That's who they are. Why would I expect anything differently? So I hope that makes sense. (laughs) I mean, absolutely, it does. Um... Something that I love about your recovery, you know, or, uh, you know, is just your, the way that you speak about it. It's just so matter of fact. And, and, and for me, like that really works. There's no, um, there's a lot of detachment or I experience in receiving you share your experience, strength and hope, a lot of detachment, right? Like, um, like I get the, I'm getting the story that is the facts, but there's no drama about it, mm. you know? And like, for me, like, that's just something that I've always really loved about, um, the way that you share, because I can, t- it's easy for me to like, listen, it's easy for me to take what I like and leave the rest. It's also really easy for me to hear the, the, the hope and the recovery in it because it's, it's like not caught up in a performance, I guess, or whatever, you know, you're just like, this is it. Like, you know, this is what, <laughs> and you're so vulnerable. I experience you to be so vulnerable in that, but also like, it's not, um, you know, it just, it just doesn't have to be like this, this precious thing. You know, you're like, I'm a human. Yeah. Like, hello. Like, that's it. Like, and you know, like, I'm not going to shame myself for being a human and I'm not going to like go on about how like, Oh, humans and poor us we're human. You know, there's no like pity in it. You know, you're just like, I'm a human. Of course I am still act like a newcomer at times because duh, like I'm a human being. Yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to reflect that because I was feeling it. So thank you. Yeah. You know, it was interesting watching it grow in my life. How how do you share it, right? Because I guess when people would start to notice a change in me, and I would notice a change in myself, and then people like my friends that aren't in program would say things that would be typical or normal responses that they would have had prior to program. But now I'm thinking, oh, that sounds like this, and it sounds like this, and it sounds like this. And I'm not making suggestions or, or using judgment. But if when asked, you know, now I've learned to say, well, do you want my opinion or do you want advice? Mm-hmm. But when asked, I started to say for years, well, program would say. <laughs> and I would say things like, well, you know, look, I'm an Al-Anon. And so I believe I follow these particular traditions and principles. And so what that would say is X. And I sort of felt like it was like, well, as a Christian, I would say, or as a scientist, <laughs> I would say, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. I started thinking like, it's really my belief, right? I don't have to preface it in what program would say. I I started to try to say more like, well, I believe or I think Mm. um, because that's true now. That is a part of my, I don't need to create a boundary between myself and the beliefs of this program. I'm curious how you all came to how you share your program. Do you share your program? When do you share your program? I know not in a spiritual, but just like basic things, like you were saying, like, do you say... Um, well, I, we have a tradition that says every, you know, everyone should be fully self-supporting or do you say, I believe X or how do you approach it? How do you language, what language do you put around it? Well, I know that the simplest thing that I taught was my sponsor. And I do that with everybody. I love that tool. And we don't realize the value is just to tell my experience, strength, and hope. I don't tell people, this is what you do. I'll say, you know, I remember a time when I did X, Y, and Z and this outcome happened or God, I know the struggle of that because what that tool teaches is makes someone to come in rather than get a boundary up. Like, okay, get guarded. Uh, I don't know if I can listen to that. You're more open to it when someone gives you what they went through in that certain event. So I really appreciate that tool because, um, that's worked with family members. That's worked with coworkers. That's worked with sponsees. Um, and I also think that, um, you know, when I, I lead or when people ask me to be a speaker at meetings, it's so funny that you'll find someone in that group that comes to me and goes, I'm going through that same thing. 
And oh my God, I was so glad you shared that tonight. Like I didn't share this because I've learned so much in this program is like, I don't need to talk about my story. I was so invested in my story of my past, like crazy. And the only time I elaborated is if I do a speaker or, or something like a long speak, because then it, you know, it makes more, I think it reflection to the newcomers to hear that. But generally I have no purpose to do that now. I just need to relate to what's currently happening. And so, you know, when I, when I talked about my HIV, when I first came into program, I wasn't worried about my HIV. I was worried about that. I couldn't believe my goddamn boyfriend left me and I did all the right fucking things. You know, where was my health? I was worried about that's where the disease is, but it helped a newcomer who's just starting out that is going through that kind of mindset where it's, it's obsessing. And it's, you know, that obsessing is a, a major tool that, can make you nutsy and crazy. And when they hear that, that helps give you the experience and, and also sends out the message because someone says, oh my God, I'm not alone. Because so much you've got that isolated attitude of like, oh no, I'm unique. This can happen to me. So I think it's a lot to, um, I also have to be careful. I'm not one of those to like, it's like you said earlier, um, like to, advertise Al-Anon. I'm not one of those. I, I don't feel that's uncomfortable with that because the the, sh the program is called an, an anonymity. And it's like, you know, we're not here to try to sell a product like Girl Scout cookies. You know, this is something where people can come and in privacy divulge what they need to know and know that it's not going to go anywhere. That's the biggest gift that the program gives us is that as a new person, you have the safety to know that your information is not going to go out this door. Because we've all made a, a decision to agree to that, so I don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's setting an example, but it's also don't put so much pressure on yourself to be the example because again, you're working the program, you're always continuously doing the best you can. Um, but I think also, you know, being committed. Like my family would always question me, like you go on Christmas to a meeting and I'm like, yeah, of course my home meetings on Monday night, I'm going, you, you guys don't close on. And like, no, we don't close. We're there. And to show them that also you have to show your commitment to what you're participating in. I had to be committed. That's another way of showing it is do your service commitments. I remember in the very beginning I had to do chairs and I was like, Ugh, God damn it. I'm going to have to do chairs, but it made me show up. It didn't make me, and I, I was questioning, like, does this really help me? But the point is, it made me force me to show up in the very beginning, which I would normally have, like, said, you know what? I'm a little tired of a long night from work, and I'm going to say, no, I made a commitment, and I'm going to show up. And that also shows to people your commitment. That's it. Yeah, I really hear all that, on a, you know, and I think – for me, I really try deeply to not um, advertise the program in my day to day, and it and it is so much about um, you know it's like the only time that I find myself saying uh, that's that's pro first of all, I, I, most of my friends are program people. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have people that like I hang out with, sure, but usually it's like in a group or like um, in a like more of like a party setting, you know, in the sense of like a gathering, I, you know, is what I mean by that. Um, really, like I have very few, maybe like one or two, like one on one friends, like close friendships that are not program people. Mm. So a lot of my language is very program heavy anyway. Um, and I, and I'm just like someone that like, it's a principle for me that like, if I can't speak freely and openly about how I, uh, approach problems in my life, then, and, or successes, then I'm not really interested in having a relationship with that other person. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm also going to create a safe space where that person can express those things too, you know? Um, but so it's like, you know, I, I, it, there's a friend of mine that's not in program, but like 
when I say, oh gosh, like, well, that was such a God shot or whatever. Like they're like, oh yes, of course. Like, you know, and, and even though they don't, they don't, you know, go to meetings or whatever, um, whatever program would look like to them if they had a program. Um, I'm carrying the message by just talking about it, by talking about it and not uh, ha having it be like, this is the only thing that you can do or the only way to do, but just speaking really openly and lovingly about how I do it. And then once in a while, somebody will ask me and like, I get to decide whether or not it's how much of that conversation I want to have. But if somebody inquires, you know, when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, let the hand of Aladon always be there and let it begin with me. So it's like, when that happens, I'm like, oh, that's, uh, that's Aladon, you know, and then sometimes people are like, oh, you mean AA? And it's like, oh, no, no, this is for those of us that, you know, are affected by alcoholics and or other dysfunctional homes or experiences with people. And yeah. And then, you know, I let the person ask me questions and then I answer those questions. But that, but that's it. You know, I let it be done there. Yeah. Carrying the message. Well, maybe that's a good time to carry the message read the actual <laughs> reading that i've been stealing from trying to steal your thunder all do you want to read it today Corey? me you have the option oh my gosh do you want to i mean oh look <laughs> right. i love it he says like he doesn't look but it, it looks it like looks he so does so laborious as he Listen, <laughs> i'm not one to be in the spotlight um, uh -huh. Uh -huh. right seriously i'll mute i'll mute. shut up no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay step 12 it's all you it can be said well how much are we gonna we're not gonna read the whole thing but i'll read a little bit yeah yeah read it like the page said, or whatever it can be said that the entire al-anon program is summed up in step 12 the entire program Wow. We acknowledge the result of our efforts, a spiritual awakening, commit ourselves to sharing the gifts we received, and recognize that living a spiritual life is an ongoing process. We have found a new way of life in Al-Anon, and to keep what we have found, we have to continue appreciating the gift and giving it away. The three parts of step 12 raise the following questions. What is a spiritual awakening? How can we try to carry this message? And what are the principles that we practice in all our affairs? One of the wonderful experiences of working the 12 steps is a spiritual awakening. How do we know when we have it? Some of us have had vivid, dramatic experiences that clearly were spiritual awakenings. We felt changed in some obvious, permanent sense and knew that we would never be the same again. However, most of us found our spiritual awakening to be a much slower, more subtle experience, more like a flower opening petal by petal than like a flash of lightning. When awakening is slow, internal, and quiet, it can often be overlooked. We sometimes question if, indeed, anything at all has happened, especially when family problems continue to appear in our lives. What does a spiritual awakening look like to us? Obviously, it varies with each individual, but many of us have had similar experiences. Instead of obsession or constant crisis, we find more inner peace. We may have less interest in judging others and ourselves or act spontaneously instead of with fearful control. Moments of appreciation for little things happen more frequently. Some of us experience feelings of connection with and delight in nature or find ourselves relaxing and going with the flow. We find ourselves giving and receiving unconditional love Suddenly, we may become aware that some of these good feelings have come into our lives, but not know exactly when it happened. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do like this other graph later on. Carrying the message can take many forms, from giving encouragement to a newcomer to participating in service at any level, from group to the world service level. Many members share that they always seem to get back far more than they give in Al-Anon, sometimes just when they need it most. Our best message is to be a good example of Al-Anon. That is the best thing we can do for ourselves as well as others. A good example is a 
is a great phrase. I mean, being an example of recovery and what it looks like is really the best we can do. Um, you know, it's it's fascinating watching. I have a new sponsee, and you know, starting with the sponsee at the very beginning, they, you know, they're struggling with things that are very old and very historical, mm. and sometimes you know i want to engage more or or i don't know help ease that burden in different ways and and i really focus on that graph a lot like i need to be an example i need to show how i'm happy how i don't feel that way anymore how i feel better and obviously share the ways in which i got there but you know not take on the responsibility of of moving that person through because then they can't become an example and so i think it's interesting we kind of talked a little bit about it but you know I love that Al-Anon takes away the other person for the whole program pretty much. It's just like, nope, I don't care. What about your husband? I don't care about your husband anymore. Yep, I don't want to hear about that. Like, what about you? What do you want? What do you need? What do you feel? Mm. And and then all of a sudden we get this moment to subtly integrate back into um, into everyone else, right? Like in this step, we get to integrate and say, okay, what about everyone else? How do we want to engage with everyone else in a different way? And I don't know. It's so fascinating to me because I think, you know, in AA, you start off, right? Like helping alcoholics and we don't do that. We don't go straight off to helping other mm-hmm. Al-Anons. I think it's. That's think a, it's a good point. I, I do mean to interrupt you, but I remember someone Please. telling me once like unsolicited advice is criticism. Yes. You know, someone just giving out stuff. You're not giving the dignity of that person having their experience. That's right. Right. So you're trying to, prov- you're putting a band aid to their, their, their journey. And that's, what's so great about this program. It gives you the dignity to take your time and come to it when you're ready. I mean, I couldn't come to this program if I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? I had to be on my, my typical tool for me is to be bending out and (laughs) a total mess to finally say, am I willing to try something differently? And still, even then, in the midst of the program, I still wasn't. I was so, you know, when they gave you that term, focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm the victim here. What do you mean? But the more that I was reminded of, I noticed so much in my behavior. Even before I got to the fourth step was like, you know, things that I took for granted thinking that's just a part of my day and my life. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm doing this and I'm still doing this for a long time. And I got accustomed to it made me question, not that I made the move, but it made me aware to question, what is this all about? What am I doing? And again, it took time to that acceptance. Cause again, there was more bottoming that had to come through that for my journey. But I, I also think, you know, it's really cool about, uh, again, Being the example is such a hard word because, you know, like that's when you're a kid, you know, be the good example to your brothers and sisters, you know, and then that's where the perfectionism and the controlling starts. But being the example now is showing what a human being can be fallible. There have their moments could be good, sometimes bad, but how do you have the grace to carry it through? You know, like Ronnie in one of the rooms always says, you know, you go through a curve, you go through the highs and lows. It just, it's part of the deal. Sometimes things are going really great and then you're going to, those times will come too, but it's how you're going to deal with it. Now I have a group, I have people to go to and work through that times. Because again, I could set myself up for perfection and saying, oh, you know, my life is just perfect. Everything's just great. But giving myself the dignity to be where I'm at right where I'm like they would say in program, you're right where you're supposed to be. And it's true because how are you going to learn if you don't accept where you're at to progress to another stage? You know, people can give you the words, the slogans, which are great, but you have to go through. Like when I first started program, it was like, uh, everybody's writing beautiful letters to higher power. Oh no, I wasn't. I was writing horrible letters. I was like, (laughs) how dare you do this to me? You you're screwed, you know, after all I've done for you. But it's like having a kid that has a fit, you know, after a while, they're going to tire themselves out and they're going to go to bed and stay in their bed and they're going to know that they need to go to sleep. I mean, I had to fight it. You know, well, I think I read the other day, though, that some of the principals were bitching, moaning and complaining. Right. Those yeah. Some of the principals. But... Yeah. <laughs> it worked for me. <laughs> 
um, yeah, you know, I really hear all that, you know, and, um, and to your point too, Corey, uh, it's just like so beautiful to like what we're talking about now, I think, like, which we, which we've been talking about this whole time, but like really specifically is like, these are the, these, what we're talking about are principles in our program, mm. you know, um, the way of this changed behavior is the behavior that we're talking about are the principles that are in this program to practice. Um, you know, and so it's just like, interestingly too, yes, this step is like, we tried to carry this, you know, this message to others. We tried to do it. It doesn't say we did it. We just tried to do it. Mm. And, um, it's still not about other people, even though it says, try, you know, try to carry this message to others. That's still about us. And it is about the action that we're taking, which is that we are giving back, right? We're being of certain, like we are giving back and, uh, it's that process. And in sponsorship, it's interesting to me, like that I've really found like, wow, I get like so much, you know, my sponsor used to always say to me, like, I get so much more out of this than you're getting out of it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I, and then I experienced that though, as a sponsor, you know, it's like, wow, like I get, I'm getting so much out of this because it's mm. just like studying, you know, anything, right? Like the more you do a recipe, the better you are at it. You know, it's like, I, I, I have a mom who like makes things without recipes, like it like bakes things without recipes, you know, mm. because she's baked it so many times. She knows she just shows up that way now. Mm. And, um, which, you know, brings a, a phrase to mind of like, we're, you know, it's baked in our cake is something that's said in these rooms or I've heard in these rooms many times. And I, I think that's true. I do think that we're kind of like, um, if I was a, if it was a baking metaphor, it's more like I'm one of those like sourdough starters, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it's like constantly evolving, right? Because it's like, it, it, it's sure it has some of the original sourdough starter in it, but like once you passed it through like 50 different people and like it's a, it's changed, right? It's different now. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I know we're coming close to our hour, so I'll just wrap up with this one uh, other part of, of the reading. Um, practicing the principles of the steps in all of our affairs at, at work, in our community, and in religious institutions with family and friends is important to our recovery and serenity. We find that applying these principles works as well with people who have never heard our 12-step program as with our loved ones. Uh, they're universal spiritual principles that help us negotiate life with love and serenity. All of us faced with challenges in life, disappointment, poverty, bravement, to name a few. Recovery doesn't protect us from life. It enables us to live more fully and deal with life's problems as they arise. Al-Anon gives us human support, a higher power to guide and support us, and 12 steps to live by. Mm. Yeah. I love that. But I, I think, you know, it's so funny just to end this. It's like, it, it really is so funny. We think as sponsors, we, we're we changing these people. You know what I mean? We have such <laughs> that power. And it's so stupid. It's just like an alcoholic, right? You have to give them the dignity to fall. And they choose to decide if they want to go to recovery and go to those meetings and stuff like that. Yes. The only thing that you can be, which is so great about this program, is to observe people. Like yourselves, Claire, I've seen you for years and, and Corey too in the meetings, but people who start coming to meetings and then go from a long time and see their journey, mm -hmm. that is such a spiritual awakening. I've seen mm -hmm. so many people, not to guarantee that you get a baby or you get married or you get a house and all that, but you do see people grow. And that gives you that sense of hope because you saw them when they first came, just like they must have saw me thinking, this pathetic guy does not take a shower. He just like, he's just <laughs> a big glob that showed up in darkness. And now I can honestly say I live in color. You know, my home is filled with color, literally, mm. because I lived in such darkness. Everything had to be black, white, and gray. And mm. now I don't stand for that. I want color in my life you know, in a realistic way, not in a fantasy way. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's a spiritual awakening. That's 12 step right there. You know, that you get to see all that journey and that experience is an amazing sight, you know? Love that, Dina. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yes. Same, same, same. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Well, this was step awesome. 12, everyone. Uh, go forth and carry the message. <laughs> <laughs> on this day. On this day. Uh, of, this is uh, a Sunday. That's a Sunday because we're not affiliated with any. Exactly. Isn't it the fertility thing? It's actually what stands for. It's like fertility day. It's spring, the egg. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. we can talk. We can get into science. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of being a religion, it's fertility time, people. Go get them. Go Those trees are multiplying. Those flowers are opening up. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been a delight, Dino. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate inviting me. It was awesome. Thanks to all of our listeners, too, and keep, keep coming, coming back. back. It works. If you, you work, work it, it, and you're and worth it. You're <laughs> this podcast is produced by Claire and Corey. Original music by Austin Bunn. Original Crosstalk logo by Jonathan Grant. Thanks to all our listeners, and keep coming back. <laughs>